0: Yo, what's going on, everyone? You got the 7-2 show here, Pick My Brain. So of course, for those of you who coming on here for the first time, this show was designed really with one premise in mind. I get inundated with calls, text messages, you name it on social media saying, hey, Mark, can I pick your brain? Hey, Mark, can I pick your brain? Hey, Mark, can I pick your brain? So what we did is we wanted to create a, a, um, a platform where we can bring on guests And they can actually pick my brain and I'm not ready for any of the questions that they have. So this should be very, very interesting. Uh, So we've got two phenomenal guests. I'm going to bring them on shortly. But first, you got to see the clip. Gerald and Pratik. how are you guys doing? Awesome. Awesome cool. Well thank you so much for coming on the show. So um, first things first, uh, you know the rules the rules are there are no rules so you can pick you can ask me any questions you want um, and this is really a template for you um, and um, and also I wanted to be able to share you know get to know you guys on a personal level and uh, and foster our own relationship okay? Awesome. So I'll start with Perfect. Cheryl Campbell first. You want to do a little introduction about yourself?
1: So my name is Cheryl Campbell. I have been investing in real estate, well, probably since I was 21, and I'm a financial advisor by trade. My really my my why is to empower women to take control of their lives, to just take control of their finances, and uh, be the best that they can be.
0: Fantastic. Thanks, Cheryl. I love that. I love that a lot. In fact, um, I didn't. I, I didn't audit on the number of guests I've actually had on my podcast, and the majority, I believe, have, have been women. And it, it just, and I have to be careful. It's not my affirmation towards women. I think what I'm saying is like I just love the underdog story, and uh, there's just so many powerful women in real estate, uh, and just completely kicking ass. And I just love seeing their growth. So
1: that's awesome! awesome. Thank you so Thanks. much.
0: No problem, Cheryl. Pratique.
2: Hi, uh, hi, my name is Pratik Chanwani. I've been investing uh, since 2017 in the cross GDA, a little bit um, in the West, like London. Uh, I had Windsor at times, uh, but predominantly uh, I did re- pre-construction since 2018. Uh, when, I, when I invested in 2017, I had a few challenges, which you know made me do my mindset shift. Mm-hmm. My background is a computer science. I'm a software engineer, analytical person uh, by trade and uh, yeah, my, my goal is to achieve financial freedom so I can spend my time doing something bigger, not work for money, right? I would make my money work for me and enjoy my time.
0: Love it. Awesome, man. Love it. And by the way, folks, I met uh, Pratik last week. I actually happened to be in downtown Toronto. All of a sudden, I thought I was getting in trouble by security because um, <laughs> I was trying to get into a parkade And uh, I look around the corner and you know Pratik's there and he goes, are you seven 7'2"? um so that's how that connection oh happened right God. in downtown toronto so oh pretty cool gosh. right and absolutely. here we are today
2: yeah absolutely i spotted awesome. i spotted mark from my car and I, I was like okay i've seen that person on social media and then you know all this did uh, started coming to my mind i'm like okay i need to go and say hi uh, especially in the pandemic we've missed that you know in-person connection yeah. and touch. so it was it was just so refreshing to talk and thanks, uh, Mark, you know, for, uh, you know, having a word with me on this you know side of the street for 15 minutes and even Sahas, I think, our uh, partner. So thank you so much.
0: No problem, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> awesome. So we'll start with Cheryl with her first question.
1: Okay, Mark. So I am so excited to uh, be able to meet you in this capacity and to be able to ask questions because I love to hear people's stories. And I think you have a great story to tell. And uh, I... I know a little bit about it, but I just wanted to hear more about your backstory. How did you come to real estate? What, I know you were in sales and um, you had a couple of episodes and I would love to hear more.
0: Sure, absolutely. I actually just did a, a video on this on YouTube actually of how I how how this all came about. So my backstory is, you know, I did the typical thing I was supposed to do, what institution wants us to do. Um, you know, you go through school, you go to university, you go to college, and go through that pathway. Um, And unfortunately, I should say unfortunately, um, my student loans lasted longer than my career that I I chose, okay? Um, So I actually graduated and I actually worked in my field uh, for three months. So I had like a $50,000 student loan for three months and uh, it just didn't feel right. So um, then I got into medical sales. So I did medical sales for uh, over 20 years. Um, It was high ticket sales. So we were selling ICU ventilators, anesthesia machines, critical care monitors, uh, neonatal incubators, so really high end uh, products and very, very niche products as well. And um, then, um, you know, my life turned upside down going through a marital breakdown and through that marital breakdown, uh, you know, my net worth was completely disseminated, uh, my, uh, you know, legal bills and so forth. And I just, I knew all my life I wanted to get into real estate. And um, if if the lawyers are watching, take notes of this. I did think about, uh, <laughs> I did think about doing real estate investing. Um, but I just knew the path that the that the marital breakdown was going, and I just said I can't do this right now. Um, and it wasn't until I hit rock bottom, when my whole life was upside down, uh, or what I thought was rock bottom, I guess you could say that I said I needed to do something and do something quick. Um, so I looked at real estate as more as that bandaid for, okay, I need to get into this quick so I can get that lift very quickly. Now, whether you want to call it, uh, you know, making your own luck or, uh, or luck is when uh, opportunity meets preparation or whatever. So I got into real estate and I was able to get in, you know, do it very aggressively I ended up purchasing like four properties, like in eight months. But I did it the wrong way. I did it the wrong way because um, I did it the YouTube way. Watch a video, you work your butt off, save, get the down payment. I didn't know what joint ventures were. I didn't know what mentorship was. I didn't know what collaboration was. And, um, and it wasn't until getting in the right rooms and getting mentorship from uh, the likes of Corey McKinnon, Ben Murson, Matt McKeever and getting that face to face mentorship that the lid lifted. And it ha- I haven't looked back since.
1: So, how many years ago was that that you started in real estate? And what what drew you to real estate? Like, what was the actual the actual yeah. draw?
0: Um, so, my I actually my so I did have a rental property when I lived in Chicago. Uh, when we moved from Chicago, so I had a property there. We had we had to move. We had like thirty days to move. It was just a real nasty situation. Um, and so I was uh, we were forced to move out of Chicago. Um, the company made a, a, a decision to shut down its office there um, just in the midst of going through a separation so the whole world just went really upside down um, so we had a property there we were renting but it wasn't being rented like a business it was like a business we just had it there it was like a band-aid um, and um, so my first property that I bought here in Canada in terms of an investment property was November 1st of 2019 no. 2018 oh 2018 2019 wow. 2018 yeah so not that long ago
1: three years ago yeah no yeah, kidding. two years ago
0: yeah two and a half years ago
1: that's amazing yep. and so
0: yeah
1: what have you accomplished since 2018 and I know you have quite a few coaches which I'm going to bring up later but uh how have you done it what have you done and where are you at right now
0: yeah great question so a lot So it wasn't until like, so I, I, my, my real estate investing journey started off um, just based on HGTV. There's really two ways you can get into real estate investing. You can either do flipping or you can do the buy and hold. Um, So I did the buy and hold uh, and I did that method, but you know, a lot of people will get into real estate investing, looking for that financial independence. And yes, you can absolutely do it through real estate investing. But the question is, is when do you want to have that financial independence? And that was something that I didn't, I wasn't aware of. So if someone says, "Hey, I want to have ten thousand dollars a month to, you know, replace my income or whatever it is," I mean, and in this marketplace, if you're only doing about two hundred dollars a month cash flow, that's a that's a that's a shit ton of properties. So um, what I quickly realized, and I, and I took uh, took some time off work, wasn't you know a lot of stress and that kind of stuff and i realized i can't i can't do this like how that's a lot of properties and i know what it took just to get those four properties by myself so it wasn't until mentorship explained to me about the difference between active income and passive income so making the pivot to towards more active income which is going to be your flips it's going to be your um you know the the off market deals it's going to be your wholesaling and so forth um and that's that's the path that we we made a pivot towards it was more that active side, and with that, uh, awesome. and I tell a lot of investors that is if you're looking to replace, you know, your job or whatever it is, jump onto the active side first. Take that 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 those funds and then re-pivot them to the passive side.
1: So, if you're doing flips, are you doing them yourself? Do you have a team? How did you start with your first flip?
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, so that's the best part is like, and I and I just I just did it's the parallels with this is I just did a video yesterday on YouTube and I talk about the um the best sale I ever made was a sale I never got was a sale I lost um so so with that I had to fail in in order to learn so my first flip was a complete catastrophe um because I was ill-equipped and I didn't have the right team around me and I wasn't um you know the right fit for it. So what we quickly pivoted and learned, hey, let's put a team around us. Um, and instead of focusing on the how, focus on the who. And now our role as in the flip business is we come in as the passive partner. And then we have the active partners that bring us the deal. We assess it. My business partner, myself, we assess it to see if it's a right fit for us. And, um, and instead of just taking the whole grape, we want to share that watermelon.
1: That's Awesome. So did you have to build up some equity in order to become the passive income? And how long did it take you to do that? No?
0: Oh, no! You know what? With that, uh-huh. The thing about that is, yeah, you have to have equity for sure and that kind of stuff. But the one thing is, is that we've quickly learned is you use your money to invest in yourself and you use other people's money to invest. Um, just like uh-huh. the banks do, right? That's what they do, right? So just do what the yeah. banks do and so and that's basically what we did was you know we went very aggressively We still are uh, actively ag- aggressive with respect to raising capital and so forth for our projects and we've just aligned ourselves with some key partnerships with whether it be money lenders different products and so forth for flip product uh, you know and i think a lot of people what they'll do is they'll look at one aspect they'll look at oh the cost of borrowing is too high if if you're borrowing at 30 percent money but you're making 40% on that money, you're still making a spread of 10 points. It's still a good deal. So I think a lot of people, they get held back by that. And we don't look at that. We're just, we want to grow.
1: That's amazing. So you feel that there's enough money for everyone.
0: There's always.
1: definitely, you're in. Yeah, absolutely. Very good.
0: Always, always. So I'm going to bring Pratik on here. But is that helpful for you?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh,
0: no problem. We'll bring critique on here. Hey man! Hello.
2: Some great questions. So good. Yeah, those moment. are great questions. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I was thinking about you know what what should I ask you, Mark, when I'm on this channel, and uh, and I thought what what's better than asking you about the challenges that I'm facing, right? Or I have faced in the past, right? Sure. Now, first thing that comes to mind was uh, how does one stay focused on a goal? So I mean, if I sit down and if I decide that here's where I want to go. And it's pretty clear to me, like this is this is exactly what I want to achieve. This is my beliefs, like on a couple of books that I read. And every time I every time I see a new shiny object, there's an urge to like go try it out. There's a urge to like, okay, can I can I do that? Or maybe can I be more hands on to this? Right? Can I save some money here? Like, how does one stay focused on their goal and accelerate in achieving that?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I struggled with that too. And it's still, the demons still pop their heads up. And I'm like, oh, look at that. That looks cool. Like they, it's natural for that to happen. The key thing is you have to be steadfast in, in the discipline. That's what it comes down to. It's discipline. So how I, I deal with that is I write everything down. Everything has to be written down. Okay. That's the first thing I do. The second thing the second thing you have to do as well is, um, can't remember the name of the book offhand. But there's leads versus leg arts. Leg arts are going to be the big goals, the goals that you have set in front of you. And a lot of times those goals can be very, um, because if they're too far out or what have you, we can get, we get, we get distracted. So I'll give you an example of what a lead versus a leg art is. A leg art says, I want to lose 30 pounds. Okay. That's, that's 30 pounds. I want to lose 30 pounds. Okay, great. That's like saying, I want to have a million dollars in my bank account. You can't focus on the end goal. But you can focus on what you do to get to that point. So if every day I focus on I want to lose 30 pounds, I want to lose 30 pounds. Okay, that's on the macro level. I got to focus on micro level. That means my leads are I have to work out every day. That means I have to go for my walk every day. So it's focusing on your leads to get to that goal. So if your goal is to have financial independence, you have to have that niche. The rich is in the niche, as they say. You got to stay focused in that area. And instead of going a mile wide and an inch deep, you got to go a mile deep. You got to go deep and an inch wide. Okay. So again, they have to come back to why you're doing what you're doing. So if you're doing real estate, why are you doing real estate? Is it for financial independence? Okay. It's financial independence. Now you have to now go to the macro level. What is that number? Okay. So the number is $10,000 a month. Okay, now you gotta take that $10,000 a month and you gotta go backwards, 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 backwards. So anytime a shiny object syndrome comes back to you, you need to have that discipline saying, how does this fit with my end game? If it doesn't, it's only a distraction. Like this is simply my opinion. This is not scientific. So I hope I don't get sued for this. (laughs) Simply my opinion. The demise of BlackBerry. The demise of BlackBerry was, is they got out of their niche. They, I, they owned the market when it came to their smartphone, they owned it. And you know what? They got distracted. They started watching what Apple was doing. Apple came out with the iPad and what they do. And they came out and they saw the iPhone. So they came out with the storm. And the Storm was a flop completely. It was their touch turn, touch tone, uh, touch, to, um, touch screen version of, of 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 BlackBerry. Then they had the Storm too, and then they came out with this BlackBerry tablet, which is a piece of crap. And and then on top of that, the owners wanted to go buy an NHL team and move it to Hamilton. So what happened was, is they got they, they didn't stay in the niche. So they got off target. I mean, they had the cell phone that was used by the President of the United States of America for how safe it was, and they decided to go after Apple. You just, you just don't go after Apple. It's like a shoe company saying, I'm going to go after Nike. You don't do it. So, anyways, that's – so, I hope that sets some light for you is you have to focus on your end game, and you have to remind yourself of what that end game is every day. Every morning and every night, you have to remind yourself, why are you doing this?
2: Yeah, uh, thanks for that. Absolutely, break it down. And what I'm hearing is like, have smaller goals, like have a bigger goal, but smaller goals to reach it. It's,
0: it's, it's um, it's it, there's a, a thing called hop theory. Um, uh, ben Murshan, one of my mentors had mentioned to me, it's hop theory. So you, instead of going for these big hops, you have to have these little micro hops. It's psychologically, we just need a checklist that we could just check things off. That's like a win for us. So have these little micro hops. So instead of saying, hey, I need to um, buy a property. I wanna buy a property today. You could say, hey, I'm gonna focus on making 10 phone calls today. I'm gonna talk to some wholesalers today. I'm gonna talk to some realtors today. I'm gonna talk to some money partners today. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sounds good. Awesome. Cool Cheryl, that was pretty good.
1: That was awesome. That was awesome. Okay. I would, I know you have more than one coach. So is that correct? Can I do. I have me? multiple coaches. Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. And okay. One question is how do you have time to, you know, just talk with all those coaches and how does that set you apart from somebody who maybe just has one coach? Cause I have been considering getting another coach just in a different area and I'd love to hear what sure, you have to say.
0: Absolutely. I'm, I'm a big, big promoter of coaches, of course, and mentorship. Yeah. Um, a year and a half ago, I was like most people saying, I don't need a coach. Why would I spend money on a coach? It was the best investment ever made. Um, because when you invest in your, in your mindset and you invest in, in getting into smaller rooms and investing to be the dumbest person in a room, that's the only ROI you have control over. It's the only return on investment that one has control over. So, and what you're doing is you're, pay, you're paying to play. What I mean by that is you're paying to get the right answers and it's about compression of time. Mm-hmm. So I look at compression of time because there's only one resource in this world that is finite and it's not oil. It's not, you know, it is time. We don't have time. What happened a second ago, we don't get back. So how we need to find a way to compress that time. So you mean, we got my good friend, Jeff Wible just popped in with the, with the comment. Good morning, Jeff. Um, so compression of time. So if that means I need to get in a room with someone like Jeff and I got to pay to be in that room, but I can get the answers quickly. And what I'm doing is I'm paying to get their wisdom and experience to navigate waters I've never, ever been on. Okay. So I think a lot of people, they focus so much on the how and they get stuck in analysis paralysis instead of focusing on the who. Okay. So to answer your question, why have multiple coaches? I've come to realize I'm a high performance individual. I'm a high performance, like a high performance vehicle. So you look at an F1 vehicle, it's high performance. You just don't got one coach. You don't have only one team. You got a special, you got specialists on the tires, on the brakes, on the engine, on the hydraulics, on the aerodynamics. You look at a hockey player, you look at Michael, you look at basketball, you look at all, all like the high performance and success stories. They have multiple coaches. It's not just their head coach. They have their miss. They have a massage therapist. They have a nutritionist. They have a dietitian. They have um, everybody on their team that are going to be the elite, the elite to take care of them and making sure that they are running at high performance. The aspect people say is, Well, one is they look at cost. Um, Yeah. And you have to assess that. And I'm not saying you have, one has to have multiple coaches, get one, start with one and you'll find how easy it is after that. Um, If you look at the cost, that's one's own scarcity, right? The second thing is um, time. How much time? Um, You have to make time. It's time for yourself. Like this morning, I woke up at 545 this morning. It's a Saturday in the morning. I slept in a bit. But 5.45 in the morning, I read for about 45 minutes. I'm reading Winning by Tim Grover. Um, my parents are here visiting. I, I went downstairs. I woke up my mom and said, you want to go for a walk? Let's go for a walk. And just, you know, so you have to, it's, it's so you have to make time for yourself. I'm blessed um, in that I got multiple coaches, right? And so, um, so you know, I had uh, Corey McKinnon, as I said, right? Um, I have had Matt McKeever. I've had Ben Marashan. Tim Story is one of my coaches right now. Um, and, uh, and he's phenomenal and he's, so you look at, I have real estate coaches. I have business coaches, Tim story is a life coach. He's a life coach that is, that works closely with Oprah Winfrey and, 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 uh, Robert Downey Jr. And all these different things. And I'm not doing it from the star power. I'm doing it because he's dealt with people have dealt with some real shit that is simply magnified because they're on a public stage. So I need that. I need that guidance. I need that coaching. And then I have other business coaches like Judge Graham and Matt Monero part of Burn the Ships, out of Dallas. Um, so I invest heavily in that, and I've just seen the, the the fruits of of the labor of being in these rooms.
1: That's awesome. Thank you.
0: No problem. I'll bring critique back on here. Hey, brother.
2: Hey, that was so powerful. And I, I'm always impressed how you surround yourself with these key people. That are helping you to be successful, helping you to achieve what you're what you're wanting to achieve. Mm-hmm. And and that is exactly what I'm what my next question is. Um how, how do you how do you surround yourself with such people? How do you do you have a filter? Like do you do some kind of test? I saw a couple of videos where you talked about transactional versus transformational. And I think about it, and I absolutely agree. At times, transactional. And is not really relationship building for a longer term. But transformation is—it's really, really partnership to achieve a common goal. And, and value is a two-way street, right? As you said in a couple of your videos. It just and and the reason I asked this question is um, this is based on my personal experiences. I've, I've I've been in situations where my realtors, also my competitor, is bidding against the same property, let's say, or or my property manager looks at every opportunity as a money-making opportunity mm-hmm. just give me lip service and not really do the work In eventually causing me money to you know fix stuff and and more than you know these people helping me become successful or see my goals they've always been like time wasters or you know more you know they cost me more money like mm-hmm. and i wonder how do i change that how do i like do i have a filter that i can you know understand or read people better or Mm-hmm. How do I get in the right, like, how do I just get into the right circle? Like, you've always talked about such amazing people around you?
0: Sure. Uh, great question. Um, <laughs> Mike Tyson says it best, right? Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Um, so, and, and it's going to happen, right? Because you just don't know until you start speaking to someone or start, you know, engaging with one and so forth. So what's really, really key is the one thing that we have control over is our environment. That's a very, very first thing. I've, I've used this proverb, this Persian proverb a lot, which is, and of course, I'm going to paraphrase it, which is if a plant can't grow in its environment, you don't change the plant. You take that plant and you move it to a different environment. OK, um, there's a place for friends. There's a place for family, but there's a more important place for allies. OK, Fr- family is one aspect. Um, I- I'm going to say this very, very delicately as well, or maybe not. Um uh, The number one dream killer I find is family. The aunties that are, that are apparently going to say, don't do this because if you don't become a doctor, the aunties are going to talk. What are they going to think? Part of my expression. And for those Indians on here, you know, fuck the aunties. They have their own problems. They got their own kids and they're worried about what the other aunties are thinking. So fuck them. Okay. Two, the second area of dream, dream killers are friends. Okay? You're going to have a few close, close friends that you know that will take a bullet in your back, but they're not going to kill your dreams. But the majority of the rest could potentially be there. Three, and most importantly, the ones that are going to help you catch your dreams are going to be your allies. You have to surround yourself with allies. For, I'll, I'll give you a good example of how to really look at this. If you're working out and you want to lose weight and your friends say, hey, let's go grab a drink. Skip your workout. It's okay. You went yesterday. You can go tomorrow. Is that an ally or is that simply a friend? And it's simply saying, that's okay. You worked out yesterday. Here's your participation ribbon, which I believe the participation ribbon and the participation trophy has destroyed society as we know it. These, these freaking children, they have no fight in them because they expect everything. Okay. An ally is going to say, seriously, you're going to go with your buddies. You want to lose 30 pounds get to work so you, allies bring you accountability accountability partners are going to be the ones that are going to help you get across the finish line they're going to be the one breathing down your neck and saying push 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 so how do you remove how do you how do you how do you go through this well first of all i think you have to do a real assessment it's tough you have to go and i do it's called a purge you're going to have to look around you and this is the one time I'll tell you that it's cool to use this. Like in the dating world, it was always like, it's, it's not you, it's me. No, no, you flip it. It's seriously you. You're the issue. I like you. And you don't have to physically say it, but in your mind, you can say, I like you, but you don't fit my end game. And we have to remember a lot of people in your life they come in seasons. They come in seasons the biggest thing is you'll notice as well is you'll know the ones that are going to add value to you for you, you bringing value and that's where the transformational relationship occurs. The transformational relationship is where the accountability comes in because why else would an accountability really an ally really care? Okay. So, You have to guard it. You have to create like a moat and create, and you got to protect your fortress. I've been burnt so many freaking times. It's unbelievable. And I, and I still get burnt, but I get burnt because I'm taking action. You just don't know until you get in a room, right? You just don't know. But so I tell people, don't be afraid, but also be vigilant.
2: That that helps. Uh, Thank you, Mark. I'm, what, what I heard was uh, do an assessment purge, you know, who's not really uh, fitting my end game, right? And everybody has their own place, and I should be looking at it, looking at that relation from that kind of perspective. So my friends have a place, my family has a place, and uh, my power team, uh, so say for real estate, has a thing to do. And if they're not, then I probably need to course correct,
0: right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So protect, protect your environment. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, Elena Cardone says the same thing. No one can go talk to Grant Cardone unless they vet, she vets them first. No one can enter their fortress until she vets them first. Cause they've worked so hard. Some people may look at that saying, well, that's conceded. But the other side is, wow, look like they're protecting themselves. Whether someone likes them or not, it doesn't matter. Protect the house. No pun intended. Okay. Awesome. Hey, Cheryl. Huh.
1: How did you get so smart? You are, you're a wealth of information and great advice. Gosh, this is awesome. Thank you. So I know you read a lot, a lot. So I'd love to hear about your books and I've seen them posted, but um, you are busy. I I feel that you're so busy with everything that you're doing and you really, how do you time manage? I guess that, that's a good question. And, um, what do you do in your downtime and Mm -hmm. when you have downtime?
0: Sure. Um, okay. So time management is something I still struggle with. Um, because my probably my attention deficit disorder, I'm just go, 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 go. I cannot sit still. I cannot. If I sit still, Mm -hmm. my legs are shaking. I'm like my mother. Um, and just, um, so, what I, what I do is I've had no choice but to live out of my calendar. Yeah. Uh, everything goes on my calendar. Um, I wish I could, I, I, I'd be lying to you if I said I had this all figured out. There's mm-hmm. many times where I violate my own time. I violate family time and and that's something I'm working on improving, but the key thing is putting it in the calendar. So, and you know, my team knows if it's not in the calendar, it doesn't exist. So everything has to go in the calendar, Um, especially when you're so busy because things are gonna fall through the cracks, right? Um, Time batching is very, very important. Time batching is very critical because what happens is, and I think it was um, Corey that taught me that, Corey McKinnon, is that if you go to just ramp up to get into that state And then you do it and then you get that next distraction, next task. And you can imagine you're losing. If you have to do four different tasks in a row and are two, four different things. So for example, if I'm doing social media, a flip, a buy and hold, and let's just say, uh, social media, I'm losing about an hour of just that ramp up, ramp down, ramp up, ramp down. So it's very, very important to do time batching. So for example, when I'm, you know, I had an amazing podcast yesterday with, um, with Ryan Holtz, which is coming out and that was just time batch. And I put that time in there. I I spend some time before I I do my preparation. Um, You know, I have Tim story coming on my podcast, same thing. It's going to be set in time. And I just set that time, that window in between the window after. Um, And that's really going to be key. So time batching is going to be critical. Um, One thing I'm actually getting a lot better at is, is saying no, if it doesn't fit, you have to say no. If it doesn't fit, like even for example, my partner Zara, if she wants to go with some friends and go hang out and I just it doesn't fit my thing, I said no offense, I just want to chill at home. And she's okay with it. That's good. It's learning to say no about things.
1: Very that, helpful.
0: Okay. Yeah, very awful. helpful.
1: Good, good. I'm glad to hear you don't have it all figured out as well. That's awesome to hear.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The thing is, and I, I don't think anybody does like, you know what? And like, I'm reading a book right now by Tim Grover. It's called Winning. And I love it because he actually has a section on there about balance. And if you're are uh, if you're like winning is so toxic and there's a lot of sacrifices made for winning, there's no such thing as balance. It's either you want it or you don't want it. If you want it and you can imagine a scale and you're putting weights on both sides. And the moment you pull a weight off one, you know how the whole thing shifts. So it's a very delicate balance. Mm-hmm. And, um, so winning is a great book that actually talks about that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, winning is actually, sorry, winning is a book that's, you know, it's my newfound favorite. I always get a new favorite book as I'm reading them and it's made me realize something about me that I'm not, I'm not a freak or weird. Like this, there's, this is normal. So Cool awesome I'll bring pratik on and before I do that pratik I got we got a question here uh, which is hey mark great section no doubt my question is what questions will ask your mentees when you want to help them reach your goals so okay I guess that's not a question but it's a comment <laughs> uh, great section man no doubt my question is what questions will ask your mentees when you want okay cool Pratik what's up?
2: Uh, my next question is related to whole uh, real estate ecosystem. So before the pandemic, you know, it was just a thought in my mind that I don't want to rely on my job and I want to create multiple streams of income just based on, you know, cognizance, like looking at my family, looking at people around, you know, how you know how are they progressing in life and then the pandemic hit, uh, everybody started going online and the online communities grow, you know, uh, and people started spending a lot of time on their phones on the couch and and I did too, right? And I and I joined a few groups, and when I joined, and I was amazed to see there's such a good community in Southwestern Sa- Sa- Ontario of investors, and they're working towards a common goal. And as I was traversing through these videos and posts and uh, content, it just felt like uh, there are stages in real estate, right? Everybody is talking about these stages, like it would go from a single family to a duplex to fourplex. And then you would go to commercial market with multifamily apartments. Who knows I haven't heard that yet. But um, what's what's your experience like Mark on this? And do you have any suggestions? Because eventually everyone wants to grow and scale up. Would you suggest to scale up in a year's time or give it, you know, give it good five years? And what's what's how how does one traverse through this?
0: Yeah. <laughs> For sure. No, I think that's that's a great, that's a great, great question. And this is something I've come to realize really in the last number of months. And we all go through this as real estate investors or some, most of us anyways. So what we'll do is we'll think I'm going to get a, a property first. So I'm going to do a single family home. Okay. I got a couple of those. Now I'm going to go to do a duplex. Now I'm going to do a, 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 yeah, maybe a fourplex. And then ultimately, but you ask most in real estate investors, And they'll say, ultimately, they want to scale and they want to get apartments, for example, as one example. Okay, so I'm going to give you a parallel here. Someone that wants to date and they say, no offense, people, I'm going to date the ugliest looking duckling there is because eventually I want to get that hot model, male or female. So they they simply, but ultimately, they know where they want to go. So I think there's, why does someone have to go through that? Why not just get that apartment to begin with? It's just, it's, it's a numbers game at that point. Whether you have to put $50,000 on one property or, or, or raise $50,000, now you guys have to raise that much more. And in fact, I think people, there's a misconception that it's actually much harder to get a single family home as a, as a rental property than perhaps getting a larger multifamily that's already producing income. Because the lender is going to look at from a risk standpoint, is it, can it, can it stand on its own? So I, I I actually did a, an interview with uh, Dan Crosby. And so he's out in, he's a Lambo lapdog and he's out of, uh, in Windsor, his first property was 14 units. He said, why just go after one when I can just go after all these at the same time? So I think a lot of us, it's a confidence issue, which I get. It's a confidence issue. Um, and so I think that's what we have to look at it. Is that if your ultimate goal is to go get an apartment, then go work on getting the apartment. Don't 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 slow yourself down by saying in the meantime, I'm gonna get a single family home, a single family home, a single family home here. If it's gonna cost you, let's just say a single family home, it's gonna cost you or fine. You have to raise now, let's just say fifty thousand dollars for a down payment or whatever. Why don't you take twenty-five thousand dollars, get into a mastermind, a six-month program. With with people that are already doing that, and they will show you the way, and they're going to push your ass to do it, right? Because that's again, you're buying accountability, and then when you do it, they're going to show you how they do it without using any of their own money.
2: That is so great. Go for the bullseye, right? That that's what you are trying to say?
0: Go, go go right for it, man. Go right for it. You know what? It, it again compression of time if you know what you want to get anyways why not go for it now hmm. why not go for it now and this is something that i've had to learn through my maturity
2: that is so insightful
0: okay so that's what they, i tell people all the time i say well join a mastermind no i want to get my first property first how about you'll get your first property you're going to get stuck again why not invest in your education? Like." It's like saying I want to be a doctor without going and getting an education. Get your education. So, good. Awesome. I'll bring Cheryl back on. Thanks, Mark. Hey,
1: Cheryl. Hey. So, going off that last comment, if somebody's wanting to get into real estate, their end goal is financial freedom, what advice would you give them where where do they start
0: where they start yeah, so.
1: to, yeah yeah what's the leadership the mentorship do they do a mastermind do they hire a coach? what would you suggest
0: yeah I think you know getting a mentor is so critical now mm-hmm. it's so now I tell people do their homework do their homework mm-hmm. you know the number one thing I tell people is do not for the life of God, do, life of you, the life of God, life of you is to hire a mentor that has not invested in themselves or does not have a mentor themselves because now you've just hired them for what their experience is. You need to have, that's, that's I my mean, number one question. People I do business with is who are your mentors? Very, very critical. I see a lot of people showing up out of anywhere because the market's so hot. Anybody can look like a genius. So they think now they can coach people. Who's going to coach someone if the market tanks and people are in foreclosure or what's going to happen? Right. So it's so, so important to hire a mentor that's been through the highs and the lows. Two is do your homework. Do your due diligence. Find out from their past students, their current students, the good, the bad and the ugly. The fact is, everyone, is that there's no perfect mentor. That's what it comes down to. There's no perfect mentor. You just have to simply take the things you like. It's like the nutrients you're going to take. And that's it. Okay. Um, I also believe is that you need to have a mentor that is going to uh, push you. And, you know, it's not like, hey, we get, um, and, and again, hold you accountable. So, that's the first thing if you can't get, you know, cause you know, whether it's the affordability and so forth, then get into a mastermind and then mastermind could simply be in, in getting into a room once a month. You may have to pay, you know, some money to join a room for two days, but it's about the network. Three mm-hmm. is get into a meetup group. And yeah, you know, I know that it's, it's COVID and that kind of stuff, but I also know that there's some underground meetups also happening as well, so and use use social media. You know, there's a there's a gentleman, Dwayne Becker, uh, amazing dude, and he he studied me. He like it was almost like he was stalking me, and he said, "I know you go and exercise at five o'clock in the morning, so I'm gonna bring coffee. I'm gonna hunt you down." And he showed up, and we went for an amazing walk. And because of that, I mean, we spent an hour hour and a half talking, real estate, getting to know each other, and now he's an ally because. It, it demonstrated to me his willingness. So that's how I would tell people is, to, is you have to surround yourself um, with the right people. And if you're questioning that, you're questioning, well, do I really want to do that? Do I have time? Th- you have to ask yourself the question, how bad do I want it? How bad do I want it? This is, this is why, you know, you look at... You know, people will look at uh, when someone wins a Stanley Cup or wins a like the NBA championship or whatever, and some of these players are just absolutely bawling. They're bawling, and as I, I, as I'm saying this, I'm getting chills on my back. They're bawling and crying, and they're not thinking about the win. They're thinking of what they had to give up to get there. Yeah. What they had to give up there. How many birthdays they missed. How many? Maybe they went through divorces. Maybe they've missed. Maybe their kids don't speak to them. They're, they're, they've they're gone through hell to get to paradise. And that's what they're remembering. Does that answer your question? Awesome.
1: Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely.
0: Awesome. I'll bring critique back on. Hey, man. Hey. <laughs> my, my
2: next question is around risk-taking so when i when i invested in the first couple of my properties I, I i thought you know that i'm more i have i have the appetite to take risk i'm willing to lose it all like i'm okay i'm gonna try this right and that's how i got in and i don't know if uh, other people shared this sentiment but as i got deeper into it my mentality my my mindset kind of at times hinders towards how do i safeguard this how do i you yeah. know build this i want to kind of safeguard this to maximize everything that I do. Mm-hmm. And I I was just reflecting talking to my wife last time on the drive, just telling her that maybe, you know, I feel like I'm kind of push, pushing myself back uh, from taking further risk. And that's kind of stopping uh, my growth. But, I mean, I'm still growing, but not in the same scale, right? Not in the same first plunge that I took. And I And just as I was talking to her, I figured risk-taking is kind of like a muscle you gotta strengthen it each time and I, I thought well, let me ask you like do you, how do you you know change your perspective change your mindset or you know maintain it to to take risks and is, and am i thinking the right things or is it is, sure. is it important
0: absolutely yeah so it, you know and I again there's fear and there's doubt fear is something you want to go for but you're, not, you're unsure of the doubt is what paralyzes us doubt is what the message is telling us not to do it right I I go by uh, the rule that life's biggest risk is not taking one. Too many people live in their comfort zone and they don't want to take risks. And that's the biggest risk. (laughs) That's the biggest risk is staying where you are and not growing. You're as in your, remember, what is, what does investor mean? You're investing, you're investing in yourself. You're investing, you're investing, right? There's a vested interest. You're investing, right? there's going to be risks. There's going to be risks and you're going to have failures and you're going to have successes. But again, it's going to come down to how bad do you want it? And if you want it that bad, if you want your financial independence, like take those risks, but I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to be careful when I say this is that when you're taking those risks, you want to be able to make educated decisions. Okay. Um, A great book by uh, Bedros Koulian is called Man Up. And he talks about he's a a serial entrepreneur uh, doing a podcast with him in the fall. He's out of San Diego. um, And he um, he says in his book, he just needs 70 percent of the information to make a decision. That's all I need. I just need 70 percent of the information. I know when someone brings me a deal within that first few sentences, if it's something that just doesn't feel right. Now, I could tell you, I have made, I have taken risks. Have I lost money? Absolutely. Have I made money? Absolutely. It's like you can you can imagine a mutual fund. Not that I'm here endorsing mutual funds, but you look at a mutual fund. Or let's just say an ETF. And you look at the line, if you look at each individual individual holding, some are up, some are down. But what's the trajectory? OK, so you have to look at what your trajectory is. OK, don't make any any bad, any bad investments I, I've made have turned into great learning experiences for me. And you can't put a price on those. You know, we talk about this even uh, in my my previous my last YouTube video, the best sale I got, I invested, uh, I lost one hundred fifty thousand dollar deal but allowed me to to scale up to doing a hundred million dollars in sales. But those came from the risks I've taken. So take risks. And if your risks are in real estate, real estate, again, put this, I'm going to put this with an asterisk. Real estate is one of the most forgiving investment strategies. Right. I mean, you can take a loss, but can you lose everything? where right, you buy a property sight unseen. Oh crap. It has a foundation issue. I got to get rid of it. Okay. You might lose $40,000. But look what you gain from that next time. You're not going to make that same mistake, right?
2: Huh. Is
0: that helpful? Yes. Thank you, Mark. No problem. Hey Cheryl.
1: Hey, so I know you do lots of reading and you mentioned winning and i've seen some of your top favorite books do you i guess what what uh do you ever read novels do you ever read just to for pleasure and um how do you you, do you write things down from those books those takeaways because you've got you're a wealth of information so how do you, how do you put those key points into play
0: yeah, a great question. So I don't read novels, um, but I will read books that have like, whether it's mindset or whatever. I, li- I like reading parables where there's actually a story with a message. Mm. So for example, The Go-Giver by Bob Berg, same thing. It was a parable. Um, and uh, so I like that. Um, as far as note-taking, um, I'll usually underline things um, and I'll, uh, and I'll just repeat them a lot of times. But what the thing is, this is the key, key thing, Cheryl, for me. I think how people ask me, man, you have such a great memory for what you're reading and this kind of stuff. And the only reason that that is, is because if there's something that I've read that makes sense, I actually love it and it just hits home, I apply it immediately. So what's happening is what I'm doing is by taking that nugget and applying it, what I've done is I've just created a synapse of my neurons to start firing. So I'm putting it to action right away. So when I tell people that if you're investing in your mindset, that is the only ROI you have control over. My ROI on that nugget I just read has now gone up infinity wise because I've already got that synapse built because I didn't have that synapse before. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. So that's all like, I mean, I can't remember everything in a book, but there's going to be certain nuggets that just, Wow, it's like a punch in the face. You're like, holy shit, where did this come from? You know, it's like, um, I, I always reference uh, Dr. Viktor Frankl's book, uh, Man's Search of Meaning. It's not the, the circumstance that defines one. It's how one chooses to respond to that circumstance that defines one. So the power of choice. Mm. So I take that and I look at that and I re-examine my life and how I responded to things. And saying, it wasn't me hitting rock bottom that defined me. It's how I chose to respond to hitting rock bottom and hence, and hence where the evolution and the birth of the 7-2 mindset investor came from.
1: Fabulous. It's great. Thank you.
0: No problem. Hey, man. Thanks, Mark. Uh, I'm a big
2: fan of that book, Man's Search for Meaning, uh, and some, some deep, horrific things from the Holocaust, but uh, the whole the wisdom in it right Uh, it it depends on how you look at a situation and that's how you know you can train your mind uh you know to get a different perspective come out better yes and and then the seven two mindset absolutely uh you certainly are a a wealth of knowledge there's so much wisdom here uh mark and you're very highly inspiring to me i'm just curious what 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 are you gonna do in in 2025 like what what would we see you doing in 2025 what's the tra- trajectory for you i'm curious
0: 2025 wow <laughs> you know what uh, that's a, that's a great question <clears throat> i just am working on seizing every day i just work on seizing every day i have big ambitions uh, uh one of my ambitions oh we lost cheryl there but hopefully she comes back one of my ambitious ambitions is uh to be speaking on world stages OK, so where do I see myself in 2025? I see myself speaking on, 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 on grander, grander stages. Um, I see myself I, just like when I met you and you came up to me and I've had people send me messages and saying, because of you, I've done this or whatever it is in our life. Um, I just want to keep on creating impact. Just keep on creating impact. Um, and uh, that's that's all I want, man. I just want to keep on motivating, inspiring others. I don't, ask, I don't ask for anything. That's all I want, man. And so that's why I tell people that, hey, if you enjoy my content, share it. Mm-hmm. Share it. I want to inspire that one person that could be, you know, that has, you know, seriously is thinking about putting a gun in their mouth and they can taste the metal from it. And if they get anything from me, they're going to take a step back and saying, holy shit, I needed that. That's what I want. That's so it's not for me to get. It's not for me to get this popularity contest. saying, look how many subscribers I have, look how many followers I have. I just want to impact people. That's it. And, and the thing is, and I, I, I'm, I'm grateful that you're saying there's a lot of wisdom and this kind of stuff. I, I'm on my life journey and I'm just learning this and I feel it's a mistake and uh, I should say a mistake. It, it's a shame if I'm not sharing this. It's a shame. Um, and, um, you know, as 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 my one of my as Tim Story said to me and my coach, he goes, "You're he goes, Mark, you're uncommon. Like you are uncommon. Like that's the thing. Like this is your your mission, is to, is to is to do this. So, does that help?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So wish you wish you really good luck with uh, your goals. And uh, it's very kind that you're you know you're sharing all this, uh, Mark. And and as as I said when I, when we first met, those tidbits, you know these. Uh, the directions and the perspectives that you share are so impactful and thanks for doing so.
0: Oh, anytime, anytime. So what we'll do is we'll bring Cheryl on for uh, a final question and I'll bring both you guys back on. How's it sound? Sounds great. Great. Hey, Cheryl.
1: Hey, Mark. Uh, I, I uh, of course, I lost internet. Anyways, I just have to say thank you and I love that you are giving for free this million dollar information that uh, um, we need to share in the world and i want to thank you for that if just on your final my final question would be what brought you to this point that you share this information so freely is it your life journey has do you feel that this is who you were this is your core value just to to be of service to be this person where did it come from
0: well thank you so much for those kind words um yeah um something just ignited in me and saying this is what i have to do I have to just share, and what I what I realized, and I share this with many people, is through this through my journey. I realized, now look at what what is my what is my biggest superpower, and my superpower is my vulnerability. My superpower is my vulnerability, mm-hmm. um, and I just want to be able to share with everybody and saying it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay. Everybody has their own shit. So, you know, people are going to judge you no matter what, but that's, that's, a, that's their own reality. That's not your reality. And so for me, so for one is my calling said I needed to, to talk openly, which I did. Number two, selfishly, selfishly speaking is I do this for me because it allows me to heal by helping others. Mm. This is part of my therapy. So, you know, I hit a real bad place a few weeks ago, um, and uh, and I had people reaching out to me saying, hey, Mark, like, I need to talk to you now. Like, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. And I could have parked my own issues and said, I can't do this. I'm dealing with my own shit right now. And I, and I made the phone call. And just to help people, that helped me. So this is why I do what I do. <laughs>
1: That's amazing. Thank you. Thanks for
0: sharing. That's no great. problem. And sure. And what I realized as well with this, and we'll bring uh on for a final comments. What I realized is the more I put myself out there, I'm exposing myself even more and there'll be bigger targets, put. there'll be bigger, a, a larger opinions, mm-hmm. put. there'll be, you know, whatever. And I'm okay with that because you know what, my vulnerability is my superpower. People are going to laugh no matter what they're going to have their own opinions. And it is okay. It is okay. Um, So I'll bring uh, Pratik on here. And I think there's a question here. So, how do I handle failure, sealing no light at the end of the tunnel? It's crazy. I know it's a price I need to pay, but how do I cope with it? Again, great question. There is, I mean, if you're, if you, okay, failure and seeing no light at the end of the tunnel. Okay, those are two things that I don't know should even go in the same sentence. Okay. And why I say that is it has to go back to your end goal. It has to go back to your end game because at your end game is the light at the end of the tunnel. And if you don't have light at the end of the tunnel, it means you haven't dialed in what your end game is or your most important, your why. And failure is simply not quitting. There's a difference between failure and quitting. Failure is if you don't do anything with it. You know, you can, you can, you need to take a setback and turn it into a comeback is what you have to do. So what I would urge you to do if in this situation is to go back. I want you to look back at why you're doing what you're doing. You take that failure and you look at it as simply a rung, a, a rung on a ladder. That's it. I know it's tough. You probably say, you could be thinking, well, what does this guy know? He doesn't know what I'm going through. Hey, I, I probably don't, but I could tell you there's shit I'm dealing with that you don't know what I'm dealing with. But you know what? All we can do is keep on leaning forward. That's all we can do. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't, failure prevails. That's it. Hope that helps. Awesome. Well, I just want to say thank you to to both of you. Uh, You guys are just both amazing human beings. And uh, it really uh, means a lot that you threw yourselves out there being vulnerable, um, asking me, you know, some tough questions. And uh, I appreciate both of you
1: thank you this is wonderful thank you so much for sharing and being so open and honest
0: anytime anytime and you know what for both of you now you're in my circles anytime you guys need to connect you want to talk i just tell people show up or shut up and uh and in fact um I, you know i'm starting a clubhouse group that's going to be called that mindset you know unleash the beast show up or shut up so if you're on clubhouse you have to connect with me and uh And uh, we'll definitely uh, have some great conversations and carry forward what we discussed today.
2: Thanks Mark. This has been a powerful, uh, one of the most powerful sessions I've been in the past while. So I appreciate all the help and insight. Uh, And I'm definitely going to dive on you now that you've included me in your circle. You'll hear from me for sure.
0: I can't wait. Can't (laughs) wait. And uh, and Cheryl, it was great talking to you for the first time live. I know we've had some connections on Instagram, but this has been phenomenal. So I want to say thank you so much. Awesome.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And
0: and thank you everybody for staying on. And for those of you that are on uh, Instagram, thank you for staying on. Hopefully you enjoyed the content. You can get on live if you want to just DM me on Instagram. We'll get you on. And uh, with that, you guys take care on Instagram.